Do you like love? Are you an night owl? Then Late Night Love is a place for you. Since life is negative enough, here we discuss everything love. What we love, who we love, and why we love. So join us. And welcome everybody to another journey of excursions down the river of consciousness that we call late night love or something like that. Yay! Yeah, like you that. did it. Of consciousness. It's very close. You're getting there. It's very close in a minute. Uh, it would help if you plugged on your mic. Yeah. yeah. All right. We can try. Hey, you know, the, the wonderful thing about doing podcasts is I can actually just redo the intro and the only people that will notice is nobody because no one's watching. Okay, let's do it. Well, except for the people who come back and watch the live show again later and they see all this that I've screwed up. You want to try it again? Welcome, my lovelies, to another journey down the river of consciousness that we call late night love. I still screwed up, but that's all good. (laughs) Well, there's no river in it. There's a no. stream of consciousness. It's welcome. It's welcome us down the journey of the river, and enjoy the stream of consciousness, uh, and join us for the stream of consciousness that we call late night love. Ah. That's the way it's supposed ah. to go. Ah. But every time I sit down to do it, because I actually never actually script it out. Anyway, that's that's my problem. I've been busy. Maybe if you type it ten times. I just once I write it down, I'll have it, and then I don't have to look at it again. It's stupid. But it's just once I script it, then I script it to have it there so staring me in the face. Well, we don't script things here, so. No, we don't script the conversation. We can script an intro or the exit or the commercials. You know, we don't, we don't script the conversation. We don't need a stupid scripts. I mean, we do technically write outlines or. or well, even, we write out questions. Questions or outlines or topics, but, you know, it was not. The conversation is completely unscripted. Yes. The show itself isn't. Well, then you get into how TV and scripting goes and, and that kind of thing. So that's a whole different question. Yep, I've got myself out of the, I forgot where my camera is. Uh oh. I moved my desk around yet again. And so, I like it better this way. Yeah. Well, except I have to, because of, anyway, I have to either move the, it's a pain in the butt for one, one thing or another. So. Because, well, way, it's, it's an odd shaped room. Yeah, well, the room isn't odd. Sh- it's just because I'm trying to make it do like four different things, and so it doesn't do any of them perfectly. Mm. It is what it is. You know, sometimes you have to make do in life, and that's kind of you have to accept that, and you just do the best you can with it. And which is kind of what we've been doing here for the last few months, and then we finally get a chance to catch a break. Can't be able to. Catch a, be able to catch a bit of a, oh, a breath. But, you know, I think everybody is, you know, we just kind of went through it. I don't want to call it a trauma because that over explain. I think that's overblowing the national conversation that's been happening, calling it a trauma. But there are people who feel that way. And, and then we, Kicking back in here, the coronavirus thing is spewing up again. And, and now we've got at the time when we're supposed to be getting ready to gather with our families. And so I think that's it's a hard time for people right now. Yes, a lot of people aren't going to be seeing their families this year. Yeah, I know it's, you know, it's affected all of us. And, you know, while some people have younger families and they don't have to worry about it, other people have elderly or sick people and it's more of a concern. And. Of course, they come first. And so, you know, you what do you do? You, you kind of make your, you do the best you can with the information we have. And, and, you know, it's, for a lot of people, you want to be around next year, right? And and to have Thanksgiving normally next year. And so, you know, we, we do what we have to do this year. Yes. But we each get to make that choice for ourselves because we're all risk averse. And we saw... Wasn't that long ago where we saw people in in uh, elderly care facilities were saying they'd rather die of COVID than loneliness because their families hadn't you know to come see them because they've been locked out because you know they're all elderly and, and vulnerable. Yes, yes. But you know you do that for so long, you know the only reason for 
being alive is when you're 90 years old is so you can see your kids and your grandkids and your great grandkids. If all you're doing is sitting in a room watching TV, that's existing. It's not living. And I can see how some people would go, I only have so many days left. <laughs> well, I'm sure they they do a lot of effort in trying to keep programs up and have activities. But realistically, how how well can you actually do that? But without, I understand what you're saying. Without family, families, everything. Yeah, if you're if you know that's the only reason you're hanging on, and then they take that away from you. You know what's risk is what's your risk. It's there's not an easy answer, and right? there's there's no. And it's a blanket answer. We can't say, well, here, paint this. You know, here's a blanket. Everybody can wear it. We're all going to have to struggle for this ourselves. You know, doing the best we can to protect ourselves in all of our manners. Our psychology, you know, our psychic. Uh, psyche. Psyche has an impact on our physical health as well. And you can't forget those two things. You know, stress and living under stress and fear. It's bad for your mental health, but it's bad for your physical health too. Long term, that'll that'll take you take care of you. Yes. So you've got to be careful about how we how we try to approach. Yeah, self care is especially important right now. Exercise. Yeah, and. And a lot of people are missing their normal self-care routines. They can't do them. Yes, if, if, if you go to the gym. And some, they're going back down to re-lockdowns in some of these places. And so it's a it's a difficult thing. There's no easy answers. And I think that's, you know, we're a culture that likes fast, easy answers. And there's not any fast or easy answers. The answers are... We all gonna have to kind of slow down and kind of manage our way through. Sometimes that's the best you can do is just manage your way through. Day at a time. I take it a day at a time in lockdown. Yeah, that's just sometimes the best we can do. And I don't think we like to accept that. You know, we always think we should be doing something. We have to be doing something. We have to be doing something. Well, just managing your day to day getting through is something. Just doesn't feel like it. We got to be doing something different. We got to be doing something more. You know, maybe we're doing all we can do, and this is just kind of what's going to happen. It's going to have to happen, and we're just going to have to manage it and deal with it the best we can. Because there's sometimes in life, there's only so much we can do. There's only so much that can be. Um, you know, managed. Sometimes you just have to take it what's coming and deal with it as best you can as it Yeah. As it appears yourself. That's why you become educated and stronger with yourself. And so you're able better able to make decisions when they do. That's why you take better mental care of yourself so you're in a better mental state to make proper decisions. So you're not making decisions based upon Emotional reactions, you're making decisions based upon some form of comprehension, understanding of what's going on in your world around you. I think that's the thing. There's no choice. Choice has been taken away from us. Yes. Well, there is choice. We just don't feel like there's choice. Uh, we all do have choice, especially here in America you know, in the United States, we all choose to follow laws or not, or to follow dictates or not, or to follow recommendations. We do it every day. <laughs> you know, we kind of have that choice. It's written in our culture. It's, you know, yeah, what the governor said, or the president said, so. <laughs> so? That's how we got drug laws changed, because we all just ignored them. <laughs> Until the government gave up. Hi, fine. It's <laughs> essentially what happened. And so, you know, you know, you can't legislate to what we can do to ourselves. You can legislate what we do to other people. Okay, fine. But you can't legislate what we do to ourselves. And, you know, it's come a long way. 
And so, you know, we're Americans. We're stubborn. We'll go to jail for stupid ass shit. <laughs> Just to make a point. Just to make a point. Why? Because we're dumb. That's it. All right. So, what do we have here? We have a number of questions. Oh, my God. You can choose what you wish. Wait, I never get to choose. What happened? You get to choose. What do you mean I get to choose? Well, I came up with them. Uh-huh. I like the last one. Which last one? I thought I labeled something yellow. Anyway. No, no yellow. I had one yellow, so I could do one. So what was the last one? Which one are we doing? How to be a good listener and why bother? Oh, those. Well, those require study, but okay. How to be a good listener. Well, one is you have to learn to listen, which means you have to learn to be quiet or to ask better questions. You know, because what's interesting is people are actually very interesting if you let them speak. You know, everybody's unique. Everybody has their own stories. And, yes. And they'll tell you things. You know, when I spent my time as an Uber driver, good Lord, they'll tell you things. You just don't even want to know. <laughs> I don't care that you're going down to a bar to meet some guy you met on the internet so you can have a booty call, even though you're not really sure, but you're just horny and you want to go down there and do it. I don't need to know. You're an attractive young woman. Why are you telling me this? <laughs> <laughs> we're working it through we're working it through and no I don't want to know about that the earth is flat and that the, the stars in the sky are really fireflies in jam jars and, or something I, I seriously I fireflies in jam jars oh my god yeah uh -huh. and people tell me things because I'm a halfway decent listener because I'll yeah, really that's interesting I'll let them talk you're easy to talk to. Yeah, well, because I let people talk. Yes. You don't interrupt. You don't go, oh, yeah, but, you know, you wait for the point in the story where they're ready to move on, where they're ready to have it, you know, interrupt their story to tell part of yours. You wait till they're finished. And then if you have something relatable, then you can share it. But a lot of people, they try to intervene halfway through someone's story. Well, you're not being a good listener. You're trying, essentially trying to upstage. Someone's trying to tell you something, and you say, oh, well, I did that. Or maybe even worse, a friend of mine I knew years ago had something like that happen. Well, they're not even finished telling the story yet, and you're trying to relate some understanding. But you can't because they're not finished yet. They're not finished yet. And so you don't know what twists or turns. Because if they're not at the end of the story, you don't know how it's going to end up. And so that's just a, I don't know. Oh, there it is. So you don't know how their story is going to end up. Well, yeah, you have to listen. And that's the hard thing for a lot of people. A lot of people don't like to listen because, you know, they want to be focused on themselves to be a good listener. And you have to genuinely care about other people. There's just no way about it. You have to genuinely care about other people if you're going to be a good listener. And it doesn't mean you have to care about them a lot. It just means you have to genuinely have some genuine interest on... on in another human being. In another human being. Because, look, you might learn something from them. You know, maybe they're completely off their rocker out of 49 things out of 50. But there's that one thing you might be able to learn something. <laughs> And it's important because hopefully when you have a conversation with somebody, you, you both come out of it ahead. You both come out of it a little more knowledgeable, a little more have a little more understanding, maybe a little more empathy, depending upon what it is. But you should always come out of a conversation, or at least their goal of a conversation, is to come out of it a little better, a little more informed, a little more knowledgeable. Otherwise, why are you doing it?
Some people are just lonely. Yes, but then if they have a conversation, then they've come out of it a little better. Yes. And the person they've talked to probably has learned something that about that person that you know. Good Lord, people have had all kinds of tragedies, and if you give them a chance to tell you, you know, the well, if they actually can genuinely trust you, people will tell you all kinds of things, and maybe that's why people don't want to listen. Because what do you do with it? All of a sudden, you're having a discussion. It kind of gets kind of heated. And all of a sudden, you find out that, you know, but it doesn't make sense. So you prod a little bit. And next thing you know, you find out they was abused by their uncle when they were five. And what are you supposed to do with that? You know, you're just all of a sudden having a discussion. Well, why are you being cranky with me today? And next thing you know, it's got nothing to do with you. It's just something in the day had triggered something. And now you've got this thing to be dealt with. And that's why a lot of people don't listen. Because that's what they would do. They would know that they themselves might eventually get to a point in a conversation they don't want to share. Except we all need to. We need that from each other. Yeah. We need that human connection. Well, the, the world's kind of a... The world can be a seemingly brutal place. If all you focus on is the bad things. And you need someone to have those talk, those discussions with, so you can be right reminded that, yeah, we all have to put up with these things. And you're, you remind yourself is in going through the process. The person you're listening, who's listening to you doesn't have to be the one to remind you. The process of going through these things. You know, having someone there to listen to you helps that person understand that, you know, we all have our our cross to bear. There's a reason we have that imagery because it's it, it, and it's metaphorically it's true. We all have to pick up the cross and carry it up the damn hill. A lot of the weight we have to carry it's unfair. It, it's it's not our fault. We had nothing to do with it. We just existed. It happened to us. We had no control, but yet we have to carry this this damn cross with us up a hill for the rest of our lives. And how do you do that? I mean, for, for the in a sense, for the Christians, you put the faith in God, and you pick up you pick it up as as a responsibility from God, and you carry it. For people who, hey, most religions have some imagery of this of that similar sort. I don't know enough uh, the rest of them enough to well enough to know to want to speak to it. But for people like me who aren't religious, you know, we you just have to choose to re to pick up that weight and carry it willingly. It just has to be a choice. Yeah, it's unfair. But, you know, the people didn't know any better. I can look at my time growing up, going through school with an anxiety disorder. It was the wrong environment for me to be in. Nobody knew better at that time. So, who's responsible? Yeah, I guess it's me and the people who love me. Who choose to pick up that responsibility? Yes. And no one's forced to. We choose to. Because what else are you gonna do? You're gonna complain about it? You're gonna go sit around with a bunch of other people who are gonna complain about their lives for continually? It's, that's no way to live. You could always try and run from it. Well, we all know where that ends up. <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't end up in good places nine times out of ten. You know, even if maybe you end up being successful, I'm going to run from it. I'm just going to work. But you also end up hollow. At the end of your life, you end up hollow with that. Because you've built this, maybe you've built this vast mega empire, but what's it mean? If you've run from that personal connection your whole life, your empire isn't your You've got no connection to it. It's just stuff. And it will also, and it will eventually crumble and be forgotten. Yeah. That's why what they say. No one, no one's on their deathbed says, damn, I wish I'd have spent more time at the office. Because when your time comes, it's not what matters. 
Okay, Rich in the lung. Yeah. Or poor and surrounded by love. What do you want to do? Well, it seems to be an easy mm -hmm. choice, but not one that all people make. Well, because it's not an easy choice. Because, quite frankly, going through life without responsibilities for other people, there's an attraction to it. There is. You know, the consequence is you don't have any connections, but the benefit is you don't have any responsibility. There's a reason people take it. It seems attractive, not until it's too late. Until you realize, you know, that was kind of an empty life. Now what? What you gonna do? But there's no right answers to life. You know? How do I know what's right for somebody else? Maybe somebody else would have been a completely terrible partner and spouse and they're freaking better off for the whole wide world for them to have kind of lived themselves by themselves. You know, make their personal interactions a transactional and just focus on work. Maybe the whole world's better off that they're that way. Who am I to judge? I'm sure there's people like that, that if, you know, they'd focused on personal lives instead of professional lives, they'd have destroyed more than themselves. Maybe. Maybe. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Well, you know, the world is a rainbow. It's not all, <laughs> not all colors are pretty. And so, <laughs> you know, sometimes these things manifest themselves in a negative way, which is why I don't judge how other people, you know, couples who don't want to have children. Okay. If you don't want to have children, you know, maybe I might think you'd be a great parent. Doesn't mean you would. Right. There's lots of people who shouldn't have children and do. And, you know, why is the question, you know, how do we stop that from happening before? How do we not damage people so they don't become... But that's a different question for a different night. <laughs> that's a different question for a different night. I, we're, you know, it's... Long and we're got deep and morose enough, I think, on this one. We got something a little happier in here somewhere. Uh, how do relationships change from the dating stage to serious relationship? What does that look like for most people? Oh, how the hell do I know? Nothing I do looks like normal for most people, and I can go what I observe. I suppose. Okay. You know what it appears like, what it appears to me, but I suspect that the kind of things, the playbooks, it's not as playbookish as we think. I don't think relationships. Now, there are some things you can be wary of. I think there, there's better for warning signs when you talk about things to, when you're thinking about moving relationship stages. If you're contemplating it, you're probably best looking for warning signs, even though I'm not probably the best person. It's always still as strange for me that we do a dating thing on this show. It's just because I'm the last person to ask about dating because I know nothing. Well, I know there's supposed to be stages, but but I the burning question I want to know is when do you say I love you? When it feels right, there's no, like there's no answer. It's when it feels right. You shouldn't wait like you know a month. Well, not if you don't feel you should wait. I couldn't wait to tell you. I couldn't wait to tell you. So, but you know, again, that's me, and I'm old. And if, maybe if you're young, you might want to consider putting it off a little bit. But okay. Uh, you know, but tell that to a 
18 year old <laughs> really 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 would you have listened no no of course not i wouldn't have either so, so. i didn't listen <laughs> i was 18. well we could talk to my mother about how well i listen so you know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I listen. You still don't listen. Well, of course not. <laughs> Mister, I do what I want. Well, it's, it's a bit, I mean, I have a bit of that oppositional thing going on as well. It just. No. Instinctively. No, I can't even say you should shave tonight. God. I was going to anyway, and then you have something, and then it's just actually irritating, and then you sort of. I took it back. I took it back as soon as I said it. <laughs> I said, you might want to, or what did I say? It might be a good idea, or have you thought about it? That's what I said. Have you thought about it? It has to be your freaking idea. I can't just say you need to do this. Like I didn't know I was in need of a shave or something. That's the thing that gets me. Like I didn't know. Like, I can't manage my own manicuring issues. You know, I've been doing it for 51 years almost now. I'm without an opinion. Do I tell you how to manicure yourself? You never have, but I would listen if you had something to say. You're killing me over here. Right? You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me. Well, okay, but back to the actual question about relationship stages. Relationships do go through stages. I just don't think they're necessarily can be seen while you're in them. Uh, I think they can be observed from the outside. I, I think in kind of a post-mortem type of thing, you can look back and see, ah. But when you're in the middle of a stage, it, it, it's like it's like a fish doesn't know it's in water. Doesn't know anything else, and in a sense, when you're in that, it's surrounding you, and you can't. It, okay, it's very difficult to see it now. If those of us who are older, I think it's probably easier to navigate simply because we've kind of built our boundaries. And when you, but when you're young and you're still figuring out where the hell your personal boundaries are and, and your relationship boundaries are and all that kind of thing, it's a it's a navigational nightmare. And especially now, I mean, quite frankly, this whole dating dating thing, uh, I mean, humanity is relatively new. Is it? Well, just think about it. In, in the past, not even that long ago, your dating options were the people in your village. Maybe the people who lived in the village, you know, a two days walk away. You didn't have dating options. You you had marriage options. That was it. You got 10 choices. Maybe one of them was attractive, and you had to do all what you're going to get done before you were 35 because you're likely to die in the next five years after that. So for most of human history, life has been brutal, and we are kind of forget that, that. We're all still learning how to do this just relationships for love thing it's, <laughs> it's actually relatively new in the stamp in this in the span of human history and human culture well it could have been unheard of before i mean it had to have happened yeah. for for us to have have a des such a desire for it but that's why it was this signing thing that you could that that you was almost impossible to attain uh that's why you went and had to go that's why the stories about the prince looking for the princess having to slay the dragons and climb the mountains and and do this whole because if our favorite movie you know true love not but a couple in the century princess bride yeah yeah, true love. Yeah. True love. Not a couple in a century get the opportunity. Just the opportunity. <laughs> Not a couple in a century just get the opportunity, is what he said. So that, you know, there's a reason. 
that our art speaks of it that way in the past. You know, art now doesn't view it as something that's hard to find. It views it as hard to successfully navigate. Yes. But it doesn't view it as hard to find. Yes. It's hard to navigate. It's a different struggle. The struggle used to be find it just obtaining it it was like this unobtainable thing it was like winning the lottery and it still is but you know we get to play the lottery more often nowadays i suppose it's just by sheer scale we live in cities and we have cars and we can travel the world and we can talk to everybody across the planet and we can put ads on a internet billboard essentially same. Come get me. Yeah. Pick me, pick me. Pick me. Pick me, pick me, pick me. Don't swipe left or right or whatever the hell. I don't know which way you swipe. We on. don't know I don't how know. to swipe. <laughs> well, I know how to swipe. I just don't know which way is which because I've never oh. done it. I, don't, I know you swipe. You know, Avery, you know how to swipe. You use a dang cell phone. Hmm? Yeah. 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 It's just the the thing is you swipe left or right and left one is bad, the other is good. I don't know which one is which. Oh, I don't know either. No. How do I know? Maybe we can have somebody write in and tell us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do y'all we're old? How do you use Tinder? How do you do that? Well, I could look, you know, it's not like we couldn't find out. It's well, like we really could do the research, I suppose, <laughs> you know, but it's like, why? Yeah, why do I want to? Well, I could actually explain why, because we do a love, life, and relationship yes, podcast. We, just, no, we really should do it. Yeah, okay, never mind, never mind. All right, we're going to create a break here for our uh, sponsor, and... And we're back. Yay. Thank you for joining with us. Oh, man. I'm still crying from this. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still off up from the thing just a second ago. All right. Um, there was actually one here I wanted to talk about. Oh. So what are realist, blah, realistic relationship goals? You actually had wanted to talk about that because it's still Mark because we wanted to talk about. So... What are realistic relationship goals? I suppose, again, it goes back to what your age and how much you're looking for long-term because what you're looking for at 20 is different than what you're looking for at 50. And I think we have to acknowledge that. Yes, to start, yes. I mean, because at 20, your goal may be, I keep, okay, I'm building a career and I want a family. At 50... You may be, okay, I'm changing my career, but I've had my family, so I just want to have some fun right now. And I, I want to travel now. I want to just, I want to be able to have some fun in my relationship. I want to travel. I want to, you know, I want a relationship that's low stress. And if it turns into something, it turns into something more. If not, then it's not, it's a booty call. You know, who knows? Whatever it is along the lines, you have to personally know what you want out of your relationship. Before you can start, what would you do with that? I moved it over to the side. Before you can start uh, understanding what your relationship goals are. You have to know what you want out of your relationship. You have to know what your goals, personal goals are, before you can formulate your relationship goals. Okay. Because if you don't know what your goal is, if you don't know what you want out of your life for the next five, ten years, how the hell do you know what you want out of your relationship for the next five, ten years? Because is your relationship supporting your education? Is it is it trying to start a family? Is Are you looking for someone who's going to be supportive for your career? Are you out to party? You know, is it just, are you looking for someone who's just a stress relief? What is it? Or are you older and you're looking for someone to slow down with and someone to just, you know, after work, I just want to come home, relax, play some pinochle, <laughs> have a nice dinner, and, you know, drink some wine and go to bed. That's all I want to do. That's what my relationship goal is. Right? There's nothing wrong with that. Nice, normal, calm, quiet life. There's nothing wrong with that as a relationship goal. 
But you have to know that's what you want before you can make that a relationship goal. And so before you can define your relationship goals, you have to spend some time in the mirror and say, okay, what do I want as a human being? What do I want in my relationships? What do I want out of my life? What is it that's going to make me fulfilled? Yes. We all, I think a lot of times we focus on happy, but you know, we don't define happy very well. You know, I'm happy in the moment. I'm happy long term, but what makes me happy long term? Uh. Being fulfilled. Now, there's lots of things that can make me happy in a moment. There's a million of them. You know, watching the grandchild run across the <laughs> run across the living room, being the goofy two year olds that they are. They make me smile. Two year olds make me smile just because they're insane little creature and it just makes me smile it gives me joy makes me happy but long term that's not going to make me happy maybe you could argue that's part of fulfillment that's a chunk of my fulfillment but it's fulfillment it's being fulfilled that makes me happy I don't have to be happy every day to be happy in my life to be fulfilled I can have bad days. I can have bad weeks. You know, we can have disagreements. And we can, yes, we can. can even not like you for a day or two. And yet I'm still perfectly happy in the relationship. Yes. And that's okay. Yeah. Because, you know, we've allowed our relationship to have all of its flavors. All of its flavors are welcome. And because all of its flavors are welcome, the, you know, the, the bad parts of it don't show up very often. They're there. We honor them when they're there. All right, let's deal with that. Yes. Well, some of them are long-term projects. Yeah. They, well, they, 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 they sit on the shelf most of the time. Yeah, and, you know, we're always kind of... They're in, we bring them down and work on them a little bit, put them back up, yeah. come back later when we have some more information. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes, you know, it's there's other things that are kind of taking precedence on vacation, right? Okay, the next six months are just going to be crazy. And so some of these things are just going to have to sit. But that's all right. We know that after six months or so, when that thing's over, they'll start to be picked back up again. Yes. Because we know we have a long enough history now where we know those things will happen. Yes. And... And so when you start a relationship, that isn't quite so known. There's a bit of faith there. Yes. And, you know, so. That's when you really get to know, get to learn about them. So, you know, go back to the earlier question of the show. You know, not just dating goals, the question we were talking about earlier. Huh? Um, how you change yeah, from one, how relationships change. You know, there's part of your change, your stages is as you go through from operating on faith to operating on trust or lack thereof. Because mm. mm. at one point you're operate, you're at, you know, you're kind of hoping that they're going to yes. do this. You're hoping, you know, and you're kind of trying a little bit see how far you can push it see how far this the person goes before they become no longer trustworthy or before they start to say hey you know <laughs> you're asking too much yeah yeah this is a little too far oh okay now a lot of this isn't isn't conscious we're not actively thinking about it this is our subconscious you're trying to find barriers you're trying to find where the you know you're trying to figure out where your surroundings are it's psychologically valid it's like a cat looking trying to define its parameters and once it's defined its parameters it's perfectly comfortable and you bring a new cat into the house what's one of the first things it does it walks the perimeter inside the house 
goes near all the walls, checks all the walls. That's why cats walk around all the walls on the outside of the house. They're like checking the perimeter. So they know their surroundings. They know where things are. Make sure nothing's changed. They feel comfortable. I like that nothing changes part. <laughs> but life changes. Not everything changes. That's the thing. You can't get life that doesn't change. Relationships change because we get older. We get more wise or, or not. We get crankier because, you know, we get sore knees. Or we get wiser so we're not so cranky because we become more self-aware more mindful you know there's a hundred ways where worth we change well, i'm changing constantly so our relationship is changing constantly now there's some stability to it there's foundations to it that's what i'm talking about yeah but we change the color of the house all the time well, we move, we move, we move non-load bearing walls all the time. We change. Well, that's because like, you got to be flexible. Life happens fast sometimes. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we took the time. We kind of got this foundation built. And so everything else. Okay. It's the winds of the storm may even knock it down, but you know, we know how to build it back up. It's cool. We got the foundation still. Yes. It's really hard to knock down a solid foundation. You, know, you can burn a house down, but the foundation will still be there. Go back up right on top of it. Yes. If it's solid enough, take a lot of work, but it could be done. And so, you know, it's a. Uh, <sighs> It's very hard to have a conversation when you've forgotten the topic you were talking about. <laughs> Realistic relationship. Oh, it's opened up on my thing. I forgot I'd opened up. So, well, actually, I think we killed this topic to death, to be honest. I think your realistic relationship goals, you have to be realistic about yourself. You have to okay. understand where, you know, what you want, what you need. And if your partner's in the same ballpark, and then you can set your goals together. You know, there's no set standard. There's no playbook in relationships, which really sucks, but you know, we're so unique. The human animal is such a unique creature. We are such unique creatures that. Uh... All right, so we got 18 minutes, 17, 18 minutes left. What are the truly good things in life, my love? Truly good things in life to me is loved ones, whether that be. Family, friends, pets. I don't think we mention pets here enough. Uh, pets fill a big hole. I miss my, my cat. I had a cat for 12 years. I still miss her. She's been gone almost three years now. And um, it's the people in, that we love. Those are the good things in life to me. Now, if you're talking on a day-to-day -day basis, I like the, the little things in life make me smile. You know, when I take a walk and I see a rose, it makes me smile. You know, it's a cloudy day. I like the clouds. I'm so sick of sunshine. It makes me smile. <laughs> rain, don't get me started on rain. I'll go stand out in the rain. It just nourishes the soul. Yeah, but unless it's uh, 80 degrees and raining, it's, I, I come from cold also ohio but here in california here where it doesn't even get 30 degrees <laughs> already bundled I'm, up i'm <laughs> acclimated i've been here 38 years acclimated i was born here i don't get that cold what the heck <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the electric blanket no if you lived in, in ohio still this is true but we don't. It's toasty. All right. Well, you can have your good things in life like your electric blanket. It's fine by me. I just don't understand. I know. <laughs> I come from Ohio originally. 17 degrees below. I walked to Lawson's for cigarettes one time. Oh, my God. Yeah. 17 below. Oh, hell no. That's about what I said. 17 below. Yeah, it was 17, 17 below. I had my glasses had ice on them by the time I got back home. 
But, you know, I was 17. I was going to live forever. I can do this. Ah, well, yeah. apparently you could. You know? Yeah, I did. Got my, still here. got my cigarette. You're still here. You've got all your pieces still on, so you made it. It's all good. You didn't have nothing amputated. No, no. Yeah. You just got to keep moving. That's the key. I think the good things in life are actually those things. Those things, those average day-to-day experiences, the walking to the store at minus 17 degrees below just because you can, just because, ah, damn it, I'm going to do it. That that human spirit, there's something about the human spirit. Even gets us into trouble, don't get me wrong. So it's not universally a good thing, but that human spirit, it's what's driven us here. It's what's driven us forward. It's what's made us go from, you know, living in caves and huddled around a, essentially a campfire to having skyscrapers and jet planes and the internet and you know, I don't think that that human spirit is honored enough, not just in our culture, but in, in our lives, our own individual lives. You know, we've all, every one of us has gone through hell. I, none of us get out of this life without going through hell. You know, we all get sick. And even the luckiest of us die. And even the lucky of us, luckiest have us, you know, someone you, you love, someone you cares about, passes away. We all have to suffer. There's no way through it. And yet, we all somehow manage, despite all the horrors of history, despite all the difficulties of modern life, we all still stand up and continue on. And not just continue on, we continue on and we strive to make the world a better place. It doesn't always look like it because it's because you know what we see is messy, what we see on the TV, what we see on the internet is messy because that's what's unique. New news by definition is the unordinary, the unique. You know, no one reports on. 95% of people got home today, had a perfectly normal day, ate, ate, got up, ate breakfast, <laughs> went to work, got home, had lunch. <laughs> you know, that's not news. <laughs> it's not news. You know, that traffic was pretty good today. That's not news. But to tell you, this is a backup on the 405, or there's a backup on the I 5. You know, there was a big accident. That's news. No one says, bad. the traffic was good today. It's not a news story. I mean, it is if you're going home. You know, you want, you want to know. But it's not going to make the 5 o'clock news. It'll make the traffic report on the radio, but it's not going to make the 5 o'clock news. So now the path home today is good, clear, sweet. But the only reason they tell us that is because it's you know, so awkward. <laughs> That's the news these days. The traffic is clear. <laughs> well, at five o'clock, traffic is clear is news. Well, it is news. It's it news for a good portion of the city. And if traffic is bad at five o'clock, is news. They need to know. They need yes. to know so you can go around, around. so you cannot make traffic worse. But at seven o'clock. When traffic has died down in normal traffic, you're never going to hear, hey, traffic is good. But you'll hear it if it's bad. You hear on a Sunday afternoon where traffic, you never hear about traffic. If there's an accident that's blocked the road, you'll hear about it. Because it's not what's normal. Yeah. No one, No one tells you that 100,000 kids went to school, had lunch, came home, <laughs> perfectly normal day. Uh, they tell you that the one kid who had the accident on the way home. Because that's the news, by definition. The normal kids walking home are perfectly safe. It's not new. Because that's what we expect to happen. We expect good things to happen. They happen so often that we expect them and we don't honor them. Count our blessings. We, we don't honor the mundane. 
we, you know, we, in a, in a strange way, we honor the tragic, we honor the unusual, but we don't honor the mundane. Mm -hmm. We don't honor just the get up, grind, go home, go to bed. There's some kind of beauty in that. Because it's not that simple, right? It looks like that from the outside, but there's. But it's that, not that easy. It's not that easy. And say, so, oh well, they just get up, they go to work. But no, they're not. No, they're a complex human being with all kinds of tragedies and good things in their lives, and you know, sore feet, a bad back, you know, some stresses to worry about. The fact that they can get up and go to work and grind every day and come home and be a productive human being might be a goddamn miracle. Or it could be a waste. They say you're such a bright human being, but you've chosen a life that, for whatever reason, because you're broken the flipping hamburgers, you can't cope with anything else because you've been through too much. And it's a, on one sense, it's a tragedy. I mean, we see human tragedies all the time. We don't have to go far to see it. No. And so life can go the wrong way yeah, very easily. Yes. And yet we still don't honor the day-to-day -day goodness in our daily lives. And that's a shame. I think we would all do a bit better, you know, if we'd spent some more time honoring, just acknowledging you, just to yourself. You don't even have to acknowledge it to the world. You don't have to stand on a, on a ladder. You don't have to climb up a mountain. You know, just acknowledge it to yourself. Say, hey, you know. Well, I think it. it I'm sorry to no, interrupt. No, go ahead. I think it goes back to being con being content with the day to day and being fulfilled with the every day. Yeah, it doesn't mean you're not trying. And part of your every day is trying to be a better human being, trying to educate yourself, whatever it is your, your long-term goal is. That's part of your normal every day. Right? Yes. Whatever, whatever that routine is that you've, yes. you've set up, that's part of your every day. Yes. And so it, it doesn't come with it, but you don't need a trip to Hawaii to be fulfilled. It's great. It's cherry on top. You know, it's great things to have, those kind of experiences. You know, no one wants to diminish them. But if you don't have a solid family life, if you don't have a solid normal life, what's that going to mean in the end? You're just going to have a life punctuated by highlights? If you don't honor your, your daily routine, your daily, not even your routine is the wrong word, your, your daily, and I don't want to use the word grind again, because that's not the way I'm going to think of it. But if you don't your daily life. Yeah, if you, yes, that's a much better word. If you don't honor your daily life, if you don't love your daily life, and I don't mean love it by loving necessarily the situations. I mean by loving yourself on a daily basis. It doesn't make yourself, you're not always happy with yourself. I sure the hell am not. But it doesn't mean I don't love myself. Yes. You know, it's, you have to be happy. You have to be content but it doesn't mean you have to be content with who you are, but it doesn't mean you're done evolving. Sure. It doesn't sure, mean you're sure, not done sure. trying to become, it's I'm content that I'm on the right path. I'm on the path I want. I'm content that I trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to live the right way. Yes, I fail. Yes, I fall. On occasion, I get lost, but I try. And ultimately that's enough for me. That's enough for the world. Otherwise, it's. Otherwise, why are you trying to get out of life? I mean, not why. What are you trying to get out of life? Uh. What's your goal? What's the point? What's the point of success? What is success? Is success having lots of stuff? Is it having a great career? Or is it that my career and my stuff makes my family happy? 
it sets up my great-grandchildren so they don't have to struggle so hard. They have a safety net to catch them. They have, they don't have to start from square zero. They can start from square one in life. You know, whatever it is that fulfills you is the, the meat, so to speak, of, of life. Because otherwise, there's just not much there. What have you done? What have you left? Stuff? And I don't know, sometimes stuff can change the world. You know, sometimes it can. And so, you know, I don't necessarily always want to put it down. Like I've said before, sometimes the world is better off if some of these people focus on making stuff. Uh, you know. The world's great inventors, <laughs> you know. I've never heard of really great relationships coming out of that. You know, Einstein was not the world's greatest, no. greatest uh, spouse or father. You know, and the question is, could he have been Einstein if he had been a good father, if he had been a good spouse? Maybe not. Maybe you need that unbalance in order to achieve that kind of, you know, in order to be that brilliant, maybe you have to suffer somewhere else. You know, you don't, Something has to give. Yeah. Yang and yang. There's only, there's only so much. And maybe, you know, one of... 8 billion people might be able to pull off being a good human being and be freaking brilliant. But I think most of us would be, might be brilliant and a crappy human being. Probably more likely. Huh. Just because being a good human being is hard. It takes effort. And if all your effort is into figuring out your equations, figuring out the, the meaning of life, figuring out how to big build better widgets, then you're not focused on being a better you. It takes time and energy and effort. Yes, it does. And it takes time, energy, and effort to be a huge success. What what do you which which <laughs> you gonna what are you gonna do? You know, yeah. Which yeah. are you gonna choose? So there? the world is balanced. And balance. you know, now hopefully you find the person in life that has the opposite balance or the, or the, you know, not necessarily the opposite balance, but has the fulfilling balance. They don't need you to be the over loving spouse, the over loving person. They're satisfied with you about being a success. You know, the classic trophy wife, mm. You know, go back. They're perfectly happy running the household, running the charity stuff, doing the things. You go out, you make it, you make your name. And I'll sit here and I'll preserve it. <laughs> and they become a team and they work as a team. Uh-huh. And that's how those couples become highly successful. Right? She's perfectly happy playing her home life role, raising the kids. And when the kids get older, she's becoming a, a force in the community while he's out there working 80 hours a week. Making the money, building the houses, giving her the sort of the, the the funding for the charity events and to do all these things. And they can make great strides in both business and community. And so I'm not just I'm not disparaging that. If you can find your person, yeah, it's all the power to them. I just can't do it. I'd kill myself. <laughs> not purposely kill myself. It would stress would literally drive you know, my body would stop to. Well, I'm no trophy <laughs> wife. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. That's, I wouldn't say that. I'm. Ah, <laughs> oh, thanks, babe. Um, I am rather domestic, but you know, I like to have a hand in things too. You know. Yeah, like telling me how, telling me when I need to shave. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> It was for the show. <laughs> no one cares. But I keep sliding off a of camera. No one cares if, if I'm shaved on the show. They, it's, no one cares. Yes, they do. No, they don't care if I have my hair up or my hair down. 
Let's well, let's hear from the audience. Let's see what they think. Well, if they care if I shave or have my hair up, no, because my yes. audience are gonna be my mother, and they're gonna care if I shave or have my hair down. Well, right. I don't hear from your mother. <laughs> anyway, what's wrong with that? Nothing, nothing is wrong with that at all. And on that, before I get myself into more trouble than I could get here on <laughs> even my birthday, um, we are out of here. We <laughs> thank you for joining us. Please, you guys can find us at late night love. Um, dot us, even though we should be working on that uh website soon, um, get some more information up there. Um, you can also find us uh, here at Facebook, YouTube, uh, me, we, there's another one that I'm not remembering. Twitter, minds, minds, you can find us at minds. Yeah, you can find me at Jazz Record Twitter. Anyway, you can find us, we're easy to find. Um, Send us some love. We would love to hear from you at love at late night love .us. Yes, please. You can uh, give us something to talk about. And uh, until next time, thank you for joining us. And please remember to love everybody.